0: Top men working on it right now. It was a most ripping victory.
1: Go! get to the job.
2: Welcome to the Parkway Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Byron. And I'm Ward from the Parkway Theater. Hey, we got Ward back. It's a special hey. occasion. Nice
1: to hear from you. How are you? It's good to hear your guys' voice. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Good to hear you too, Ward. Your collective voice.
2: Yeah, yeah, and good to talk to... Our huge fan base out there on the on the podcast. Hi mom subscribers. There it is. Yeah. Hey. So uh this this episode we are gonna be talking about the uh, high fidelity, high fidelity from the year two thousand, which will be uh playing at the parkway pretty soon. Uh and uh I'm 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 excited to have this discussion. How are you guys uh are, are you excited are you what's your history I guess let's start there uh, Byron what's your history with High Fidelity
0: do we need to even ask at this point I had never seen this film and so <laughs> for this podcast I decided I needed to watch this film and I also learned while watching this film that there was a book so I decided I would try to read the book that this movie was based on for this film hey Ward what uh, what's your uh, history with this film
1: that is much more impressive that you're reading a book. I saw this movie once in the theaters when it came out, and uh, and so I watched it the other night. That was my second go-around with this movie. Um, and I, it was very different than what I remember. Oh, okay. Well, in I'm one major way.
2: I'm excited to, to hear about that. Um, you know, we should say that it's been a while since the three of us have been on a podcast, so give us a little... Uh you know, a little leeway here if we're not doing everything great. I mean, I, I have uh, one particular question to start this off, and that's... uh,
0: So how do we do this? <laughs> it's, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, everyone one behind the curtain, certainly of feeling that same sentiment right now. How do we do this? We haven't done this in yeah. a while.
2: Yeah, how do we do this? I mean, how do we pod? And I think one of the things that we skipped over was the drink of the show. Do you guys have... uh? A special drink for high fidelity that you're uh, enjoying right now. I'm
1: From drinking a uh J- okay. a Jack Black and Coke.
2: Oh, oh, oh that I didn't see that coming. Wow, Jack Black and Coke. I never heard that. Is that an old tired joke that I've never heard, or is that you come up with that just now?
1: I just I just came up with that as best I could do. Sorry.
2: That's great. No, I mean I'm not. I wasn't calling it old and tired. I'm saying, am I old and tired? That's all. By- Byron, what are you drinking? I'm drinking something small and
0: obscure, and you've probably never heard about it.
2: Oh, <laughs> high-fidelity <laughs> joke. Nice. Um, okay, well, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> Nothing prepared. Nothing prepared.
0: So uh, as far as stuff we want to talk about, we should probably go into some sort of statistics and numbers about this
2: film, shan't we? Uh, yeah, do we do that? Is that is that part of our thing? Let's Let's do that. I have them right here in uh, in front of me, so again, high fidelity year two thousand uh John Cusack plays Rob Gordon, and then a, you know the main girlfriend here i honestly, I think she must be Finnish or skin Scandin- or um Icelandic because I cannot pronounce her name, but Ibn Hilelia, maybe i don't know uh, that's a tough one uh, and then Jack Black plays Barry Judd, Lisa Bonet, sadly recently separated from the man God. That is her. <laughs> that is my idol, Jason Momoa. Uh, she plays uh, Marie DeSalle. Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is very young. I could not believe how young Catherine Zeta-Jones was in tw- in the near 2000. I mean, I was shocked. Uh, Still
1: married to my man-god, Michael Douglas. Yes. I mean,
2: <laughs> God dang it. That is, I mean, even <laughs> and he was a functioning human back then. Like, he wasn't just a zombie. It's crazy. Uh, Joan Cusack is in there. I think she's in every movie John Cusack's ever been in and vice versa. And then Tim Robbins uh, plays the old aging hippie, uh, Ian Raymond, that uh, that Ward aspires to be, apparently. <laughs> that guy, uh, directed by Stephen Frears. And, and, and here's another number I was surprised about, another fact. This movie had a budget of $30 million, and I was watching this thinking, what did they spend that money on? <laughs> 30 million dollars? Yeah, it would yeah. It must have been one heck of a buffet line they had there. At the I, catering Cra craft services, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was probably all all, you know, uh, actor all the actors, I, can't, I mean, there's nothing else to pay for here. <laughs> I,
0: I, oh, um, I think I have a good idea of what they probably paid for. They probably paid for the licensing for all the awesome songs that they played uh, in this film. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, good point. That's expensive. And that
1: Bruce Springsteen cameo, too. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh, yeah. We need to get into that a little bit here, but uh, we'll do that later. True, good point.
2: Uh, so, anyway, on that $30 million, they gross $47 million, which, you know, is not great. Probably a loss for the studios, my guess, overall. Huh. Uh Tomato meter 91.90. People love it. Critics love it. Uh, let's well, see if we lo- let's love see it.
1: it. People love it slightly less than critics. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you know, statistically speaking, yeah, it's plus or minus one. Probably the same. <laughs> uh, we'll 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 get into whether or not we like this movie as much as those critics and audience uh, Rotten Tomato uh, Raiders here. It's, this movie's uh, we've not done this before, but I want to make sure we point out this movie's rated R. With a runtime of mm-hmm. one hundred or uh, one hour fifty three minutes, and then the the last thing we talk about is the IMDb plot summary. So, uh, Rob, a record store owner and compulsive list maker, recounts his top five breakups, including the one that is in progress. So, gentlemen, let's uh, <clears throat> let's give first impressions. Uh, Ward, you've uh, you've said you saw it back in the theater and you watched it again recently. What was your what was the difference in your two impressions?
1: Well, I think like John Cusack movies in general, he's always just kind of a very likable guy. And that was my memory of this movie is that, you know, it's just another John Cusack movie. I I remember it. I remember liking it. I remember uh, Jack Black kind of just like discovering Jack Black for the first time. Like, oh, my God, this guy's super talented. Um, And uh, obviously that was before, you know, the 20 years since then when, now I'm really sick of Jack Black, along with everyone else. But, oh, oh, um, wow! But here's but, sorry. But here's the thing: I watch mm-hmm. it again the other night, and I hate, I hate the main character. Like he is just not a very likable person. He's just okay. like, I I I I did not remember that at all. Like I just thought he was kind of like fumbling through life a little bit. But I'm like good God, this guy just does not learn his lesson, and he makes the same <laughs> mistakes over and over, and he finally, at the end of the movie, there's like this short little period where he kind of figures it out, but do any of us believe that it's really going to stick?
2: Yeah. Uh, I Okay, yeah, well, I'll wait to, to give my... And, then, and then I'll... Uh,
1: the other thing I'd say is, like, the whole cast, I mean, not, not a lot of likable people. I, I think his girlfriend is very likable, um a lot, a lot of snobs and you know stuck up people about their music and their taste i don't mind uh c3po who works at the record store he seems like a decent guy <laughs> but the rest yeah. of them is just like oh geez. so anyway that was my that was my my experience the second time around
2: okay byron what about
0: you all right so uh in preparation for this podcast i ended up picking up the book which was written by nick hornby um, certainly you could go through it if you really wanted to um, I am I'm going to do the whole Minnesotan thing and talk about my negatives in the most positive way possible I am not a fan of this film um, It—I it, feel I feel like I'm being checkmated because this whole film seems to me about how critics never really advance and here I am going to be critiquing a film About that, and so I kind of feel like I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here. But really, this film doesn't do anything, it goes nowhere. It's trying to be a cult film when it has no elements of actually being a cult film as being charismatic or funny. Um, The whole outer monologue montage which was super popular in the 1990s and early 2000s is incredibly jarring and boring and I had to literally turn on the subtitles to listen to John Cusack talk and I I think that's really a problem because he speaks the same language I do um I I didn't like this film at all uh the book is absolutely <laughs> no better I didn't even finish the book it was so okay. gone- Hey, so,
1: so uh <laughs> Yeah, high fidelity coming to the Parkway Theater April twenty eighth. I hope you all come out and check it out. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, now you're you're stealing my you're stealing what my part what I was gonna do. I you know I, once again I was gonna say, yeah. First of all, everyone come out and see it because this is a cultural phenomenon. You need to see this. If you are of a certain age and you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And if you haven't seen it in twenty years, you need to see it again. I mean, it's it's a must. Like I might even go. I might even go see it. And you're going to have a pre-movie, pre-movie music set, which will be by St. Small. And that that could be good times. I mean, it'll be lots of fun. I'm sure that's at 7 o'clock, right? Because this is a Thursday movie. Is that right? That's yes, it is. Okay. Yep. I, music I, at I, 7.
1: Movie we'll at
2: finish. 8. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Byron. You didn't get to finish? I, I guess I didn't get
0: to really finish my point was because no. there was well, I mean, actually you, you, something you, you, there that I was trying to build towards. I guess well, I, you, I guess you, I went a little said, too this negative is, this
2: there. Is, yeah, you, you, this is what you said. Well, I'm going to be talk very positive about the negatives. And then you went and shit all over the thing without being positive at all. And then I wondered, wait a minute. So how do we do this? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Well, because this actually did cause me to think a little bit about that because – like I just did, all I did was just shit on this movie, but at the same time, they actually went out and produced something, and i'm I guess I, I it's easy to really sit back in the critics chair and um downplay some of this stuff and I think when you get towards the end of the film, you actually kind of get to see that same arc where you see Rob himself actually kind of learned that, and I kind of was actually more shocked that there was a turnaround and I actually think that he's going to actually make a change for the better at the end of this film and at the end of the book i I think that this was he needed this sort of shake up in order to i guess grow
2: wow byron <laughs> wow you you did you spun it around, and then you had a, a you had a um I mean, again, it was it was a it was a, it was a, sh- a shocking twist for me Way to bring because it I, home. <laughs> I I thought I thought you were gonna you were gonna you were gonna comment on Barry's revelation, but you then commented on Rob's. So wow, well, there was Rob,
0: and there was also Barry
2: as well. Um, I don't know how in depth we want to get through right away. But, well, no, no, we don't want to yet. But just I'm just saying that I think that the the arc that the character on this podcast that. The character of byron just had is the same arc that the character of barry (laughs) barry had okay i think that's true and again i want to go back to this how do we do this and say that i also forgot that and it's been a long time since we talked to ward in the podcast uh um uh liz who's the social media coordinator manager for uh for the theater told byron and i a while back that that Ward's special talent is writing the movie synopses and and so i just pulled this one up and we didn't we didn't even say it this is a great one and again i found myself i don't even remember it okay well i found myself reading it and then thinking like this is so weird that they would put this on imdb or that this would be a formal thing and then i realized ah that's right this is ward so it says rob played by John Cusack, a record store owner and compulsive list maker, recounts his top five breakups, including the one in progress. That's <clears throat> straight out of, we might say, little TM, little plagiarism out of IMDb. And then <laughs> Ward adds his own. This is the movie that introduced the world to the unbridled talent of Jack Black. An introduction the world would later regret. <laughs> which is what <laughs> he just said. <laughs> well, well, I guess that would be I'm my consistent. opening. Well, well first... Look. You are consistent, yeah.
0: First, we should probably talk... What What are your thoughts, Matt? I really want to get into this with Ward, like, what's wrong with Jack Black? But, uh, Ward...
1: Yeah, uh, but, uh, well, Matt, okay, what are your
0: that's thoughts? Great.
2: I, I would like... Goosebumps? Goosebumps 2? I would like to, um, uh, express my opinions in, uh, via the, or, you know, through the vehicle that is Jack Black. So let's start with this one. It was... Stinky okay it was stinky that that's that's one way to put it um another way to put it i i've spent a lot of time uh compiling these things here's another one it definitely sucked it definitely sucks so you're
0: saying you're compiling a list here of all your thoughts uh, yes and reactions.
2: yeah this is top five uh jack black uh quotes about this movie it definitely sucked <laughs> uh and let's see. Well, I think that's my main uh, synopsis there. Uh, I basically here's here's the here's here's what I my my thinking on this. Um, everyone definitely should go out and watch it. It's a cultural phenomenon. You got to see it if you haven't seen it. Um, the thing I have is, and this is kind of interesting because it ties into the the Parkway as a business. The the theater has musical talents and has you know has has movies. We are doing a movie podcast. We don't, we don't do podcast uh, episodes on the ver- various local musical acts that show up at the theater. And part of the reason for that is, for those who don't know, I reached out to Ward in the Parkway and said, hey, we could do a, a movie podcast. I didn't reach out and say we could do a music podcast because I don't know anything about music. I don't know the local music scene. I'm not good. At, I don't have any talents in comes to music. I don't play any instruments. Um, and like Byron said, some of this uh, snobbery around, you know, good music or bad music, I just don't know. I don't get it. So this movie is hard for me to uh to really appreciate because they talk about things I don't I know nothing about at all. And uh and add to that the fact that you know the the totally rampant fourth wall breaking is it's like if if uh Ferris Bueller was a thousand times more annoying. <laughs> that that's what I thought this whole time, and so, oh boy, it was a it was a hard slog for me to to watch. But, you know, it is. It's, people love it. People love this movie. I've heard tons of people talk about this. I and mean, we have our own Minneapolis, St. Paul area for those outside the state of Minnesota listeners. I mean, we have our own famous record stores that, you know, Electric Fetus and, and other ones that people go to. And they probably have the same conversations as these guys. But it's not what I do. So that's a challenge for me. And I don't want to make it, uh, you know, be crapping on this movie, the whole podcast. But, but I probably will be. So, Byron, that's to answer your question. Is that satisfactory? Does that seem like similar to your experience? Uh, yeah, that was what I was trying to go for, but I think I went a little bit too negative too fast. Uh, eh, you know, what can you do?
1: I, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike the movie. I like the movie. I just I dislike the characters, I think, which well, is that okay, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. I think that would be a better way to refine it is, yeah, I definitely am not a fan of some of the characters in this film and how they act.
2: Yeah, well, uh, and he is. I mean, he's a little bit old for. I, th- I felt like he was a little bit old for what's going on in, in the movie. In this whole dating thing. I mean, I guess another thing I. Sh- I mean, I would point out is like I. I never had the experience where I was like dating all these people, you know, s- s- back to back to back or whatever. And you know, like so much is going on there. I guess that to me is. I, I don't. I don't have that experience. But what well, in general, Ward? What is your like what do you, how do you feel about say anything or you know some of these other classic 80s early 90s John Cusack movies? You like I, them? I you or? know I like
1: uh I like Gross Point Blank quite a bit. Okay. I like John Cusack. Um you know, Better Off Dead, good movie. Not a huge Say Anything guy. But um, you know, these days I'm not a John Cusack fan at all. I really you know, I really dislike him as a human being.
2: Oh, uh, it, has he done some things to be canceled? I'm not sure what his status is. To
1: me, personally,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I so I, w- I I do this thing called bored oh, face is, with my sister. Here we and go. And we yep, yep. we go out. We try okay. to get pic- pictures with celebrities looking bored. And yep. so I decide I'm going to go down to Comic Con. And God knows what John Kuzak is doing down at Comic-Con, but I'm like, this I'm going to get Diego? a board face. San Diego? No, it was What's the one here. Con? It was down at the uh, oh, down at okay. convention center. I'm going to go okay. get my picture taken with John Kuzak, and I'm going to really one-up my sister. And so first uh-huh. while I'm waiting for Kuzak. I go get one with Shatner. And, yeah. and so I get in there with Shatner, and I say, hey, will you, do, will you look bored for me? And Shatner says, why don't you do what you do, and I'll do what I do? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's expected. Shatner gives a big, big grin. And, you know, I expected to get rejected by him. So then, so then I go over to Kuzak's stand and I talk to his agent and I tell her what just happened with Shatner. She's like, oh, John hates, he hates Shatner. He'll tell him that story and he'll, he'll definitely do it for you. <laughs> so i go in there here's kuzak who now apparently wears a do-rag for some weird reason (laughs) and (laughs) okay yeah yeah yeah. and he's and i tell him hey i do this thing my sister and i were kind of trying to one-up each other shatner did this what do you think yeah 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 it's good i got you i got you pose for the camera they shuffle me out of there they print the picture i look at it kuzak couldn't be smiling more broadly like uh, yeah. it was just yeah, it was just a big fuck you hey buddy, I smile that 's what I do, so you know he maybe this uh, this shaded my my perception of this movie i'm i I now have uh deep seated issues with John Kuzak as a human being, <laughs> and we
2: should be clear that you have like a massive catalogue of celebrities who 've actually gone along with this. There are some who, reasonable ones out there right? who do bored, yeah, people do bored. I would think if but you tell some celebrity, you know, tell some celebrity, like, uh, pretend that this isn't interesting to you, they'd be like, okay, that's not a pretend. <laughs> 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 that's me
1: being me, another anyway, fan or whatever. Sorry, I, d- well, I didn't yeah. intend to rant about John Kuzak in this uh, in this podcast, but you asked. What do I think
2: I, I know. I, I mean, I personally don't like any... I, I'm scrolling through his IMDb right now, like, I... Actually, I don't. I don't really like any of these things. I mean, I I thought Hot Tub Time Machine was funny, but you know, like 2012, and and you know that's dumb, and all of these. Well, I like being John Malkovich, but he's a minor character in a lot of these ones that I actually like. Um, I, I'm not a. I'm there's not a fan. I mean, is he? What is the connection? Do you guys know the connection? Is he? what is the john hughes connection with with him and maybe even with this movie because there's i mean this movie's supposed to be a chicago record store right but there's no hmm. he's i in didn't pretty and pink.
1: or no uh he's in um 16 candles
0: yeah, okay 16 candles and john cusack's originally from illinois so
2: maybe john hughes likes that oh is he from illinois yeah. maybe that's the connection uh, because there, there, seems to be very Hughesy in some uh, a lot of his movies, especially in the early eighties, nineties. Anyway, anyway, so uh, where can we go from here? You know, you like the movie Ward, but not the character. I mean, tell us why you like this movie. I know you, you know, you and your partner Eddie, you 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 bought the theater, and I assume you had some discussions on. Uh, well, you know, we're going to do movies, mu- movies and music. So you know what what is your like do you like this for the music for the odd references or what's the what's the appeal to you
1: yeah i kind of li- i like the odd references and you know there is an evil dead 2 reference in there that's pretty funny um yeah i mean i don't know i think his the speech he gives at the end of the movie where he kind of has his realization about um you know all of these these fantasies that he has with when he sees other women and then Realizing that that's not what life is all about I, I kind of like the message of it overall I think it's pretty funny um, You know, I I, I I get your criticisms Yeah, there are too many fourth wall breaks and But I don't know, overall it's I, Look, I felt like I had to say something positive I'm trying to get people <laughs> to buy some tickets here, come on
2: <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 again, I, I want people to go see this. I, hell, I might even go see it myself. I mean, Top five.
1: It. It's a top five movie for me.
2: To, top oh, five. Okay, so now all of a sudden it's a top five. <laughs> top five movies from the year 2000 that star John Cusack.
1: <laughs> and Lily Taylor and Lisa Bonet and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, this I didn't is number four Taylor, with bullet.
2: I didn't put Lily Taylor because the only thing I know her from is her weird role in House on Haunted Hill. And I was like... Like this is I don't even get why she what's her appeal but anyway, Catherine Zeta-Jones you go see Catherine Zeta-Jones it's worth the ticket price worth the price of entry right there, um, for sure, absolutely. I I do have Um, one
1: little piece of trivia. So last night when I went to watch this movie, I I turn on the uh, Apple TV and it when I looked up high fidelity it popped up a tv show i didn't realize there was a tv show called high fidelity on hulu starring lisa bonnet's daughter
2: no i did not real i mean i saw that there was a hulu show i didn't i didn't look into it but that's her daughter huh
1: Hmm. yeah
2: and is that with the the man god that is jason no it's with
1: the other man god lenny kravitz
2: Oh, I not thought you were less. gonna say Tim Robbins
1: is the. <laughs> oh, wait Madden. a minute. So
2: interesting. So okay. Well, now we got. Now we got to segue into the the Batman. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so, what we really came here to talk <laughs> about. A, yeah, that's what so, we're talking about. Zoe, Spoiler. does she look like Zoe Kravitz? That's my question. At all, she or no? is
1: Zoe Kravitz.
2: <laughs> oh, shut up! Really? That's yeah. the same one. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. So I thought we were gonna. Okay. I she looks Kravitz exactly
1: like Zoe Kravitz.
2: Okay, but are you sure it's not a twin? I don't know the story. So it's Zoe Kravitz is in the twenty. I think it's a twenty twenty. Wow! So she was in a show just. I think it's uh, end of twenty twenty. They launched that on on Hulu. Wow! Yeah. So she went from that to uh, the Batman. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dang. Yeah. And I start because I try to do a lot of googling, and and every time I googled like High Fidelity, I came up. You know, like oh, I'll, I'll check this out, and then it became some modern show which i guess what they do in that show did you watch any episodes we should ask i did not no, no. okay i didn't either but i i i saw what they did is they they, they took the you know the it's, it's very 2020 they took the you know cusack character and then made him a woman and you know some some other ethnicity or whatever and and uh and then you know like had different <laughs> dynamics and And stuff, but I think that the whole point is that uh, what I read is from the synopsis is like it's the same thing where she talks about her breakups and (laughs) talks about music and and I thought, well, not going to watch that either. Yeah, (laughs) I'm reading through it right now.
0: I wonder if Kravitz plays as Robin quote Rob Brooks. Ah,
2: that's a fun little play on that. Okay, wow, nice.
1: I wonder if she goes into a bar and falls in love with John Kuzak's kid. (laughs)
2: that would be way too funny uh maybe yeah yikes uh that that interesting um yeah I forgot Zoe Kravitz was Lisa Bonet's daughter with Lenny Kravitz dang well all right well uh you know here's here's I have some questions for you guys one did you do you guys have any experiences like this in terms of girlfriends I mean we're and let's uh let's remove the modern times. Let's go back, you know, 10, 20 years. Do do you do you feel like you have any experiences like with girlfriends that is like what he describes in the show in the
1: movie, sorry. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, I mean, he's he's counting down his top five breakups. So do you have any, like, really remarkable breakup stories when you were in middle school, you were in high school? Like, anything remarkable that, like, they made this whole damn movie about?
1: Uh, I could maybe do, like, my top four breakups, and it would be all four of them.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just looking for you know some content here. So give me one that's uh, not too painful or whatever. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, I'm not cutting open a vein here on this podcast. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, let's not. No, I let's I, let's I, I have nothing. Now. Byron, you got anything? I got I got nothing. I was. Uh, you know, as I far was, as any uh,
0: breakup stories go, I mean, there was not really during middle school or anything. I'd have to say one of the first breakups I had was. Um, Broke up with me right before, I guess, right at, at our lunch break, uh, where we had worked together, and then I had to go back to work after that. Uh, that kind of sucked. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: that was definitely hard yeah. to uh, hard to kind of swallow. Uh, do you have any any uh, good breakup stories, Matt?
2: Um, I I guess breakup stories not so much, but interesting kind of girlfriend stories i mean when i was a freshman in high school uh you know there was two girls that like me and i was trying to play the play the the field very very unsuccessfully and managed to get them both to break up quote unquote with me so they both both blew up <laughs> at the same time did they end up
0: aligning and then uh going up and, and yeah going, it kind of was
2: it kind of was a let's team up and this guy's a dick douchebag that we won't um, we won't associate with we won't be going after him anymore which you know god I feel bad about that to this day and uh, and actually the year before that um, I had a girlfriend who was it was very awkward Uh, we were like talked about as a couple but only in the sense that we had talked to each other a couple of times and uh but well, you know it was that those eighth grade years where like if some people get together it's you know in like a like, quote-unquote party i guess but you know i mean it's like oh they're going out but it wasn't going out because i'd never been on a like i didn't like, we didn't go on any dates or anything it just it just fizzled out like oh we're not uh going to movies or you know it's just oh we're at this party together not even together we're just showing up separately so lots of weird awkward um um middle school and high school girlfriend experiences but uh, not, nothing like he's describing and again my impression is like he's John Cusack is is too old in this movie to be living that life unless he's like really in living in Manhattan or something i mean it's in it's in Chicago so us midwesterners don't have that kind of that's kind of a
0: fun uh interesting point you bring up because in the in the book originally it's based in london so okay that makes a little more sense to me and and i think that was maybe a deliberate choice by said director and or author to maybe have him a little bit older and still acting in this way because it's supposed to be very clearly obvious that he should have moved on in his life at this point and yet <laughs> he's still obvious. kind of acting in this way <laughs> and it really took he didn't even describe it as his one of his top five breakups when he broke up with Laura or Laura broke up with him he he intentionally made this list to try to exclude that exclude her from that um, and it still ended up well not being one of his biggest breakups because they ended up getting back together or did they we don't actually really know um, I guess a question I had for you guys, maybe your own opinion uh, to speculate. Um, There's a certain point in this movie. um, Spoilers, if you really haven't watched this, if you want to, you should go down to the parkway and watch this. Um, There's a certain point in this film where he ends up proposing to Laura. Do you think she said yes? No. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with Warren. I don't think she says yes.
1: But then why does going, she still well, show she up? Why does have... she
0: still go and support him for all this stuff?
1: Well, she's saying I'll still date you, but I'm not she's she's smart. She's like, dude, you two days ago you were making a mixtape for some other woman. Like, let's have a little track record here before I'm gonna marry you.
0: <laughs> That's certainly possible. And I had the
1: same reaction. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> it's certainly plausible. Um certainly have to applaud her for trying to push him into trying to things like she's the one who came up with the idea that he would come back as a DJ uh for the ending credits and ending film ending part of the film. Thought that was a interesting touch to throw in there. Uh Matt, what do you think? Do you think she
2: uh, do you think she said yes? Well, yeah. I I guess it was hard for me to grasp that arc as I fast-forwarded through a lot of this movie to be perfectly honest. Uh so I don't know. I, I would think that based I mean, and you know, based on what I like I guess what I was able to grasp from this is that no she wouldn't have and you know, like I, I would question maybe back to you guys is what did he actually learn from this little adventure he went on to you know to ask his ex-girlfriends what went wrong. Uh-oh. What happened? Don't worry. It's so. just our call ends it's a it's a Google voice thing. So, so back to you guys, like the question is did he learn something through this adventure of asking his ex-girlfriends? Um, yeah, I mean wrong? he
1: learned he learned that all of these other women Seem very tempting, because there is no reality to it. It's just all he has in his mind are these cute little fantasies, and he doesn't have those cute little fantasies with the woman he actually lives with because they're, they live in reality. And you know what he what he realized in the end is he does want her. He doesn't want some false fantasy that's not going to come true anyway.
0: I, I would echo I that. I mean, it's still and a I little would, bit shallow,
1: but yeah.
0: You know. I echo that, and I think I would agree, and I'd kind of almost um, project that into another part of the film as we see it going, um, another part of the film that we see that kind of mirrors that is he, Rob himself, transitions from a person who just sits in his apartment and makes up these fantasy mixtapes about other things that could potentially happen, and he ends up in actually putting, um, what should I say, he kind of puts himself out there, In reality where he goes out and he ends up trying to sign these two punk kids from the street into a record deal and he ends up actually trying to produce something and he puts himself out there. He's not the critic anymore. He's not the the casual observer anymore. And so I think he kind of relates that almost back to his relationships where his former relationships he's just simply there and just simply trying to enjoy the fantasy and now he's actually got to get out in reality. And Laura is the best reality for him. Does that make sense?
2: Uh, to me, it does. But <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not good at when. It's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at figuring out sense. I, I'm trying to. Uh, I, actually, what I think we should do. Sorry, is um, talk about this Bruce Springsteen cam, cameo that you brought up, Byron. Before we Yeah, uh, you know, of all the
0: things that forget. I never thought I would see in a film starring John Cusack is Springsteen just showing up and decided to talk at the camera. Uh, never would have thought that would be out of this film. Uh, certainly enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, there was a couple other small things. I mean, there was a couple cameos, or not cameos, but just a lot of references to other musical acts in this film because, I mean, it's about music. So it was kind of fun to have all that stuff. What do you guys think about Bruce Springsteen in this film?
1: He's a great actor. What was that?
2: I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep
1: going. <laughs> I've got a to question hear these for things, you guys. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, yes. Go where, ahead. Where, where are, we done with, are we done with Bruce Springsteen?
2: Well, uh, the boss. Uh, I, so okay. we're never done with the All boss. Right. The boss is. We're, n- we're the never boss. done. We 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 can't be done. Yeah. Okay. What's the question, Ward?
1: Well, uh, the question is asked in the movie uh, when they're talking about the top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the '80s and '90s. The sub question is: It unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter-day sins? Is it better to burn out or fade away? So I'm going to relate that to John Cusack. And and this question maybe would be better asked if, if people here liked John Kuzak. But, you know, formerly a very popular actor, now reduced to a do-rag-wearing Comic-Con sideshow. Uh, I'll ask you guys that question. As you see these aging stars that used to be, uh, you know, Bruce Willis, used to be box office champion, Bad example, sorry, I know Bruce Willis that story took a darker turn recently. But when you All see right. people like Chuck right. dropping,
2: pla- dropping a marker here so I can <laughs> delete that part.
1: <laughs> when you see when you see actors like John Kuzak doing, you know, direct to video movies now, which is pretty much what he's doing exclusively, uh, is that okay? Is it okay to criticize that or is it unfair to expect an actor to be consistently putting out popular movies for their entire career?
2: Hmm.
0: I think if I had to answer this, I'll try to see if I can articulate it as I am talking about it, if I had to say, I think I would rather you go out doing what you like to do, in this case, if John Cusack likes to act, um, he should just keep continue to act. Continue to act it doesn't really matter if producers in Hollywood or other producers decide to make him as popular and maybe he doesn't necessarily get the roles that would put him in that role of popularity maybe he just wants to show up
1: and act and I would not find fault in that take pictures take Mm -hmm. pictures with fans too he likes that too
0: and he also does like to take pictures with fans I'm sure he's in he sounded like he was incredibly grateful, taking a picture and knowing that he was one-upping William Shatner
1: John Cusack well, got I, I think:
2: I think, the, I think the, you know the danger here is we don't know what's in people's hearts and minds and lives, and that's what we learned with, uh, with the, the Bruce Willis example. I, in fact, earlier today, I was just texting I listened to a podcast that had been recorded like 6 months ago and they just released it and they were like bashing Bruce Willis's ability to deliver lines of all things Aww. like he he has a he Good has a language well. yeah he has a language uh, you know a language center of the brain disorder guys this is you shouldn't have released this episode so you know i mean he's yeah you know, we don't know we don't know what's happening we don't we also well, don't know what's
1: happening that's not fair i think we know what's in john kuzak's heart and it is just cold dark blackness <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured it was yeah. His, work, his regular, he was
0: planning his next ru- uh, workout routine of holding a, a stereo above his head.
2: Well, well, I, yeah. I think the other example, though, that is, you know, we we all can, we've all heard about. I'm sure, and, and our listeners will be familiar with is is people have the same knock against Nicolas Cage. I mean, he he's in all these movies, and yep. And recently, recently, he was interviewed, and he said. Look, they may be shitty movies, but I, you know, I found something in each role to put my heart into. I didn't I didn't, you know, I didn't pull back. I I tried to do something, you know, with some passion. Oh, we and, know, uh, Nick.
1: We know you didn't hold back, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you certainly know. <laughs> well, and I have to that, say, I
2: it. cannot wait to see the unbearable weight of whatever talent or whatever that movies calls coming out in a couple months. I can't wait he plays himself. Uh, I think that's going to be great, but um, but yeah. So the so answer, I, you, I
1: think, what we're saying is we're okay with that. just keep putting that material out there. Well, the thing is, you're not tarnishing I mean, your legacy.
2: I I don't give a shit. Well, I mean, this you know, Nick. I'm uh, sorry, I, I fucking. Uh, who who are we talking about here? <laughs> we're talking Cusack. about John Cusack. Cusack. You know, yeah, yeah. John. I mean, John Cusack. I don't. I don't care. I mean, he he has not stra- He's not worth my uh, time. I mean, I guess you know one of my like if i had an acting hero you know someone you know uh, way i have more appreciation for than him maybe i'd be concerned but even then i i don't i they're just doing their thing right i mean should they not do it what's the argument to not do it i don't know Art- artistic uh, integrity i guess
1: well i mean it's a, there's a sports analogy here as well you know do you want your heroes to go out on top or do you want to see michael jordan play for the washington wizards for a few years
2: or worse play baseball i guess (laughs) but dumb tish yeah Yeah, certainly could always be worse but well even then you know we have a good example see i'm the positive one here we just had tiger woods
1: play in the masters this weekend i mean are we did we just compare john kuzak to tiger woods and Michael Jordan. You it's just compared to Michael Jordan. It's okay, I thought, I, I thought you were <laughs> going to let yourself
2: off. I thought you were letting yourself off there. Because, yeah, you compared to Michael Jordan, I compared to Tiger Woods. And the point is, Tiger Woods walked the whole thing, and that was the achievement is he, he walked it. And I don't know, man. I guess in my old age, I'm just I'm so full of grace and forgiveness that I, I don't need to judge. Unlike you, ornery old bastards, which I have a, a Jack Black clip of, damn it, I don't have it here. <laughs> oh, too bad. Well,
0: uh, uh, Ward, what's wrong with Jack Black?
1: Uh, I feel like like when I saw this movie, I didn't know who Jack Black was. I didn't know who Tenacious D was. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is talented and funny. And I think it just kind of wears on you after a while. Like, i I thought Jack Black was great for like 10 years, and then... And then it started to wear on me a little bit. And then, you know, next thing you know, there's Goosebumps and Goosebumps 2 and Jumanji and Jumanji 2 and Kung Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2. And Kung Fu Panda and 3. And Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 4, The Return. Okay, buddy. <laughs> you want me to talk about what's coming up at the parkway? April 28th. Uh, So, real quick, in, in May, one of my all-time favorite artists, Sean Colvin, is playing the Parkway. But as far as movies, uh, we have Action Movie Month coming in May. And uh starts on Thursday, May 5th. We've got True Romance. We've got uh, Face Off, Hard Boiled, and Point Break, and lots of cool pre-movie stuff uh trivia there's a spelling bee before a face-off uh and for point break we've got a pre-movie act like keanu competition
2: okay tell me more about that i need to know uh, more
1: well it's it's a very difficult craft uh to be able to act at the same level that i know that keanu reeves is now a national treasure but there was a time when people made fun of his acting and uh they they used to have at the Bryant Lake Bowl a live recreation of Point Break and the role of oh. Johnny Utah was played by a randomly person a random person selected from the audience who would read off of cue cards so taking a cue from that no pun intended we are going to have some of Keanu Reeves most intense lines such as i am an fbi agent and <laughs> whoa and we're gonna have people from the audience come up and uh do their best and uh there's gonna be a lot of great prizes and yeah it should be a lot of fun
2: oh man i definitely need to go to that are those lines specifically only from point break
1: or from his whole acting uh, i think catalog? we're gonna go from the whole catalog yes you'd need to do that yeah yeah because i want fun. i want pop quiz hot shot I oh want that yeah to be one of the lines you know definitely um okay. what do you have going on byron coming up on the V
0: podcast we are doing something super fun fantastic freakalicious funkadelic and potentially fast and furious. Those are only six of them. I can't really name any more. And we're going to be doing the entire Fast and Furious series on the Fun V Podcast. Uh, look forward to doing about it. Looking looking forward to talking about Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, and all of the rest.
2: If, uh, if you want to reach out and, and talk to us at the Parkway podcast, send us an email, gmail.com. Or you can give the theater a call at 612-822-8080. Leave a voicemail. Maybe we'll get you on one of these episodes. Uh, tell us how you like or don't like uh, John Cusack. If you enjoyed this episode up next, we're going to be discussing Point Break.
0: Okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I care. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Here's the thing. I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you. Special! It's fucking Monday afternoon. You should get out of bed earlier. Come on, dude. Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next?
1: What's next? Play it! Say it. Little Latin loopy loo.
2: (laughs) Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels?
1: No!
0: The Righteous Brothers. Well, never mind. No, not never mind. You tell me right now what's wrong with the Righteous Brothers. Nothing. I just prefer the other. Bullshit! How can it be bullshit to state a preference? Since when did this store become a fascist regime? Since you brought that bullshit tape in. Oh, man, that's great! That's the fun thing about working in a record store. You get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to. I just. I thought this tape was going to be a fucking conversation stimulator, man. I was going to ask you for your top five records to play on a Monday morning and all that, and you just had to fucking ruin it. Well, we'll do it next Monday. No! What am going to do it now! I can't fire them. I hired these guys for three days a week, and they just started showing up every day. That was four years ago.